This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So, the only thing left to say is, you win? Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so the ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via our participating restaurants, 18 plus reward registration required, points only on menu items, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Today's episode of Forever Bristol City Podcast. We're recording it the morning after the night before. And for the 400 or so fans who went up to the MK Stadium, up north, it finished uh, a spirited performance. It finished Hull City 1, City 1. And uh, it was as good as the previous week against Birmingham was bad. Spirited performance for the lads. Definitely deserved a point, might even have got three. I'm joined by the regulars, Ian, Mark and uh, Neil, as I usually do with all of you. Quick summary of the game. You first, Mark. Less than 30 seconds, but your uh, thoughts on that performance? Uh, City started off the game uh, strongly in the first five minutes, but then Hull played uh, p- played through their press uh, and created and created chances, uh, exposed City down the right and and scored a goal. But City grew in confidence. Naismith's passing left both left and right uh, led to great chances. Jason Knight grew in confidence during the game, uh, linking up well with uh, Matty James and Joe Williams as a real midfield free to 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 to, to give Sykes chances, and how we uh, we didn't score, uh, I, I I don't know. We missed a couple of sitters, yeah. Got a deserved equaliser and finished the game strongly. So lots of boxes ticks. It's again, it's just the finishing that lets us down. That's the All only right. problem. Okay, that's your summary. Uh, Ian, uh, on your part, um, quick review of the game before we delve into the detail. Positives were a point away from home. Well done to the 408 people that went up there. We played, that's our best performance over 90 minutes of the season. Um, We didn't have the ball, which is a positive for us because we don't know what to do with it when we dominate possession. Uh, It's one defeat in five. If you include the cup game, negatives, our finishing was woeful. Uh, we sloppy at times, gave the ball away. Zach Viner played us into trouble on quite a few occasions. Uh, Viman is becomes, once again, one of five out. And we've really got to solve that problem. And I disagree with Mark on the midfield. I liked James and I liked Knight. It was Knight's best game for the club. Uh, but Joe Williams in that more advanced role can't do it. No. So uh, and Mr. Sitter along with Sykes. So the, some positives, some negatives, but overall, our best performance of the season. 
Okay, that's a good praise from you, Ian. What were your thoughts, uh, Neil? First five minutes, quite positive. Then we went through about 15 minutes of allowing them to shoot on site from about 25 yards out. They had about four or five shots, and I thought, are we actually going to stop the shooting from the edge of the area? Then we gave away a sloppy goal that we'll talk about. And then, actually, we the last 20 minutes of the first half, we were pretty good. Uh, Naismith, um, in particular, missed his passing um, the last few games. Uh over the course of the game, started the second half strongly. Then Hull had about 15, 20 minutes where Max made a number of saves, kept us in the game a little bit. Again, generally down to our sloppiness. And then finished the game strongly. So positives. Good to see Campering have a better game um, because he's started slowly. Amazing what a three-year contract can do for your confidence. And... Uh, yeah, I think overall it was an enjoyable game to watch. Yeah, no, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. Nineteen and a half thousand in there, not uh, the most raucous of uh, atmospheres. I stick with you, uh, Neil. The lineup uh, sort of picked itself, really, didn't it? Because we're in the realms of per many three from uh, six up front, but uh, Naismith slotted into the back four in the absence of uh, Rob Dickey, which we know he can be a bit calamitous at the back, but you know, it, it, predictable lineup, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I didn't actually, He, you know, start of last season when he was at the back, yeah, he was a bit overconfident, a bit calamitous. Since that point, actually, when he's asked to be playing at the back, he's kind of cut that out a little bit out of his game. It's been supplanted by uh, other defenders that Ian spoke about. But the, um, I think, just from a passing perspective there, that he's pretty much the only one in that side that can actually play some of the balls that he does do which is tantamount to why we have been hitting more long balls than any other championship side this season so far. Interesting. Uh, Ian, uh, the lineup probably one that you predicted, yes. But what about the bench? I guess with Taylor Gardner-Hickman on then. Taylor Gardner-Hickman on the bench. It's all, uh, Although we only named eight, he's sort of like a, an extra man by himself in that respect, he said. But uh, your thoughts on the lineup? Well, when, when when people said to me that we were going to sign a big name player, I got quite excited. But um, I don't think I don't think that's what they meant. Um, I, it was a line that I I got ten out of the eleven right. I did get something wrong positionally because I'd have played Naismith in midfield, moved Campring in one, um, and uh, started Roberts at left back to give us some width. Um, I agree with Neil about Naismith's passing. Our midfield isn't a great passing midfield. You wouldn't look at it, Knight, James or Williams and say, yeah, they're really good passers of the ball. Um, that Knight's got different qualities in, in our final third. And that's why we've, that's why we bought him. Um, it, it was more of a, it's not a four, three, three. It's more of a four, one, two, three with Williams playing more advanced of James on the left of him in like a left centre midfield role. And I and I just don't think that works. Um, Joe's very competitive. Um, you, you know, wears his heart on his sleeve. You, it, what you see is what you get. But as far as finishing goes, he couldn't hit a cow's arse with a banjo. And he's never, that's not going to change. He's too late in his career to suddenly yeah. start banging in goals. Um, so uh, 
I thought I had last night, and this is just thinking aloud, was is that where you could play uh, Taylor Gardner Hickman with a lot of uh, energy and the same as Knight get around the pitch, might get forward, likes a shot, likes a tackle, yeah. will break up play, and we that might give us a more uh, positive uh, influence in that final third. Um, the front three. I think Sam Bell looks like he's he's lost a bit of confidence in me, but some better crossing with his left foot last night. Mark Sykes' crossing was far... In fact, our crossing as a team was far better and the set pieces were better last night. Uh, obviously, it helps with Naismith taking him, even though some of them were plonked him round about the near post. It's, if you haven't got Big Dicky in the side <laughs> or uh, a lot of height, let's put it that way, it's, it's no good firing in big eyeballs against six foot three defenders. And okay. Neil alluded to the fact that we've been playing a lot of long balls. It really doesn't work. Um, I'm still looking at the team thinking we need a centre forward and a centre back, particularly with Andy going down. And yeah. that's five we'll out. Talk about, we'll talk about transfers because yeah, well, week. that's five out injured for we don't know long. For an indefinite period. So, Mark, mm. um, the front three, Sykes, Wells, and Bell. Ian's alluded to the fact, and I think Neil and I were speaking offline, you know, Sam, worthy of a place in the squad, but he's looking a little bit, little boy lost out there. What do you think of the fact that we only named eight on the bench? We could have had Arroyo or Knight LaBelle as extra defenders on there, but your thoughts on that selection, Nigel's team selection last night? Yeah, I don't understand it. I mean, and... and... Unless it comes down to money or something, I don't know. I mean, why, why, why not? I mean, just have a fitter on there. Then you know, it doesn't mean they're going to get on the pitch unless there's them. There's some sort of emergency. And um, yeah, I, I, I don't understand this. Uh, just nom nominating them, uh, you know, having eight eight substitutes when you've got nine. Uh, but just going on to Sam Bell, I thought he he did well in the second half um, against Birmingham when he got the ball on his left foot. But our game relies so much on crosses, but the accuracy is poor. I've just looked at the uh, the attack. That there's some really good stats on Sky. I mean, our passing accuracy was 74 and a half percent to uh, uh, to holes 87.6. An accuracy in the opponent's half was 59.9 to their 73.8. Um, we had more shots inside the box, 15 to seven. But it's just, I mean, the shooting accuracy is only only 25% and theirs was 69. That's that's the problem. It's no good pumping balls into the box. If you have those crosses, they can't be high to small, slight players. You need to hit them hard and low, like Sykes did, and get somebody running ahead of the ball and getting on the end of it. If they're offside, they're offside. We'll worry about that when they stuck the ball in the back of the net. But they've got to be better. But what we did have is much more more touches in the opponent's penalty area. Lots of block shots, lots of bodies up there. But it's just the, that final bit of quality that we're lacking. It's, we're lacking. A re, it's getting a real problem. Three goals in four league games is a problem. And it puts the onus on the home, on the home form where we know teams will sit deep and try and hit us on the break because they know Bristol City find it very hard to break teams down. Yeah. Their only way is to play the ball sideways, sideways, sideways. Push. And if we can't if we can't open a team up, then we'll toss the ball in the box to players who are never going to get it. Yeah, no, that's a very good that's a very good point there. And it backs up what Ian said that we haven't got midfield that midfielders that are passers that can take the ball through the middle in the way that Alex Scott used to, because you know, we 
berate Alex Scott for only two assists, but it's the assist of the assist that needs to be uh, looked at. Let's look at their uh, goal. It was a quiet opening in the game overall. I did notice Sam Bell did get in an early cross uh, with his left foot, early doors for City, a bit like the cross that he put in for Naki, uh, that Naki missed last week. But uh, Neil, you sent me uh, a little <coughs> clip of the goal and it was a bad goal defensively. And I was trying to work out who the player was that sort of jogged back and then left Tufan unmarked because pre-match analysis... Joe Williams. ...the edge of the box, aren't they? Who was it? Was it Joe, was it? Joe Williams, yeah. The goal as you saw it, and I'll ask each of you the same question, but uh, what did you think of the goal? Well, we lost the ball in midfield, didn't we? I mean, it was a... I think it went over the head of Smith a little bit there and he got caught out and then the guy's running on him. And then Delap moves out to the to their right wing... And uh, Viner goes with him. And I'm I'm just thinking at this stage, our right centre-back is in a left-back position. And and as he's gone out, and then Delap's done him for pace, and then you can see Williams covering back, and that's fine. You know, Williams obviously has seen the Zach's being dragged out to left. So he's covering in the centre. But I don't see actually who Joe is covering in the centre. Because you've got two guys there. Tanner's got a guy at the back post that he's covering. And you've got two fans basically standing on the penalty spot. And Joe's marking space. Yeah. Now, you, you obviously had the delights of Thomas there last night. Um, fresh, David, fresh from the SGS Academy watching it. One of the things that Dave Hockaday there it bangs on at Thomas, who's a centre-back. You've got to be touch tight in the centre box, you know, no space. So when those balls come in, you've got to be touched tight. Williams is just marking space. He's yeah. just jogged back into that area there. He's not, he's not looking around. He's just like, I'll cover here if the ball comes in a way. Completely oblivious to where Tufan is. Nowhere near him whatsoever. Really poor defending from Williams. I mean, I'm not entirely sure why Viner had to go out to the to the left wing because then that creates a problem for your right centre back to be on the left back, but thereafter it was far too easy and really slack defending at the start of the game. Yeah, Ian, your take on the goal? Identical, identical to Neil's. Um, we had players in there ball watching. We had enough players in the box to stop that. It's not like they suddenly flooded the box with six players and we didn't get back. It started up the field, as Neil said, and then Delap, who's on loan, by the way, clever use of loan players by Hull. Um, he comes down, he, he puts in that cross, and it. we had, I think we had at least three, four players in the box, no one marking Tufan. And all he had to do was side foot the ball in the net, and he did that with a plomb. Um, and it was it was too easy. Uh, and that's where I look at our midfield and I think, and I thought Matty James was excellent last night, and perhaps we could discuss that later on. But I look at our midfield and I think, what does it do? Is it goal scoring? No. no. Is it creative? No. no. Is it really good defensively? No. So what's it for? Because your midfield's the engine room of the team. And even when we, we dominate possession, it doesn't feel like we dominate midfield. 
because a lot of the time you dominate possession or when we do it, the balls go in sideways or backwards, which is never, no one's ever scored a goal like that. Mm. So that needs looking at. I am really disappointed. Um, the, the performance last night made, made the performance against Birmingham and Preston even more goalie. Because you, you look at players and you think, well, I know you can do it because I've seen you do it before. Why aren't you? Yeah. Now, that can only be down to one thing, confidence. Yeah, it was interesting, Ian. Sorry to interrupt. It was interesting that Nigel said, if we play like that every week, we'll that's, win a lot of games. And that's I think literally, he's right. I think that's he's right. Dave, that's literally his job. Yes. We, in the last three seasons, we've won 15 games a season, irrespective yeah. of who was manager. We've won five, won five. Now, that's 32% of our games. Now, we know if we do that, we'll stay up. Yeah. Because that gives you 45 points. So, but if you want to progress, we've got to win more games. Right. Now, so far, we're tracking it 25%. We've won one out of four league games. So, yeah. that needs to come up. Now, oh, definitely. definitely. So, so it, it, you can look at last night and say, our best performance this season, and I've said that myself, you, then somebody might say, well, hang on, that's a bit of a low bar, isn't it? Well, yes, it is, but at least it's improved. It didn't deteriorate. Okay. But I'm still thinking, where do the goals come from and where where, where right. do the home performances come from without some tactical tweaks and changes or sign-ins? Okay, Mark, um, I think we've done the goal to death, yeah, but it, uh, it seemed to spur City, and I'm going to recite some of the incidents that uh, took place. Sam Bell Cross, touched by Wells to Sykes, Rose Z, Naismith to Sykes, cross the ball, Wells, volley blocked, that was on 29, 31 minutes, Wells uh, got a cross in, it was blocked, Williams, whoa, over the top again, he should have put that one and then there was that incredible goal-mouse scramble on 37 minutes when uh, I think it was George Tanner moved up. He had his effort cleared off the line. City didn't wilt after that early goal conceded, did they, Mark? No, I think it, I think it might have been um, Knight had it cleared off the line because it was Knight, then Tanner, then Knight again. Right. Then the ball went out to the left wing, which we recycled it. We kept we and then we got we got a corner. We got a corner. So Paul defended. Great. They had lots of bodies in the box, but they threw they threw their uh, their bodies in front of the ball. But the worst the worst misses worst misses worst miss um, uh, misses were by Sykes uh, and uh, and Williams. I mean, uh, Wells got away brilliantly, runs those channels brilliantly, uh, got the ball on the right hand side, crossed keeper pushing it back. Uh, Williams hits it left footed. He's got his he's got his head up. You know he's going to miss. Player on the line. And then uh, Bell cuts inside and hits a shot that's going wide. Wells flicks it back into into Sykes' direction, and he's looking up and he hits it over the bar. So the, the, the finishing the finishing was really poor. Both Williams and and Sykes should have got their shots on target yeah. after working really good good positions on the left and the right hand side. You know, it's yeah. uh, I bet Pearson was screaming when those two went went over. Neil, if you missed a chance like Williams did, right, it wasn't a bad miss, but he was he was sort of like he had a big grin on his face, like, ha, ah, look, look at that. I you know, you you Well, it was a, it was almost an ironic grin as in like uh well, I'm a bit rubbish at finishing, everybody knows I'm rubbish at finishing. 
So there's a further example of my finishing prowess. So there was an ironic sort of grin a little bit in relation to it. Yeah, here we go. I'm going to get pelters again. Yeah, you are, Joe, because that was shocking, yeah. quite frankly. Keep it. I mean, I d the Sykes one is leaning back, but Joe's, I mean. He tried to curl it in, didn't he? he what's, what's he? What's he got for City? Yeah, he's, got two, he's got two goals, hasn't he? One off his arse and one from two yards or something like that. I think he, scored, he scored both his goals from about two yards, one against West Brom yeah, and one, yeah, and one against uh, Rotherham, where I think the ball hit him, didn't it, when it uh, cross came yeah. in from the left? Yeah. If, it, yeah. if you're, if you're going to play Joe Williams in an advanced role, he's going to find himself in those positions. And I cannot think of a worse midfielder in recent times to have in that position, yeah. <laughs> really. Composure-wise. He always looks like he's, he's, he's running the end of a marathon. You know, the effort on his face, it's like he's crossing the finishing line. It's just so much effort, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. Well, he's not, he's not in control. I mean, for me, that, that wonderful goal we spoke about last night, David, where, with the wonderful assist for Vyman. Oh, Blackburn. Blackburn. He set it up, where, yeah. where he took the shot and it was going out for a throw-in. And uh, Voidman managed to rot a folly here, didn't he? Everything in the back of there. Ian, um, we had that dominance, yeah, and you know, we felt it, we were confident we were going forward. It was a more attacking performance than against uh, against Millwall, and both City's best performances have come away from home in the four league game. Um, they went out in the week, uh, and amongst various players mentioned with them, uh. They signed uh, Scott Twine, yeah, and uh, it looked a bit dodgy on 41 minutes, didn't it, Ian, when uh, he had that free kick in a good position, but uh, it was almost as bad as one of ours, wasn't it? But uh, they've they've been very active in the market, haven't they, Hull? And it looks like there's more to come. Well, uh, it looks like they're going to sign two lads from Villa, Philogene and Keenan Davis. Uh, and Keenan Davis is a the sort of player who do a job for us. He's, he's mobile, he's big, he's strong, and he can play down the middle. Um, I still think that our forward line needs looking at in terms of we probably need to play two strikers because of all of all of our strikers are better next to another striker, without exception. Um, to a, a point that's been made on, on the chat uh, about how we performed against Brum, PNE, and Millwall. Uh, it can be down to the opponents. They're disruptive teams. Hull are a more open team. Completely agree with that. But that is literally what the managers and coaches have got to solve in training. Other teams will not let you do whatever you want to do. That's a given. Yeah. However, the managers and coaches have to find ways around that. And the way around it isn't to play Sam Bell up front, more or less on his own and isolated, and pump the ball to him in the air against three six-foot-three blokes. That isn't the way you cure it. So that needs thinking about. That's why we've got so many coaches, managers, analysts, and a huge um, old tranche of backroom staff to solve those issues. Yeah. And as Bill said, if you're going to play Joe further forward, why are you doing it? Well, we'll come, come on to that in a minute because, yeah. again, you know, we'll talk about what the, the impact of Andy Vyman's injury. Mark, coming to you, um, first dibs on the, this one, two minutes into injury time, balls in the back of the net, offside in your book. I haven't seen a good camera angle yet, but uh, Prings cross tonight, shot save, Wells, 
tucked it away. Offside? Uh, just, I think. I think Alfie Jones is is just ahead of uh, is just ahead of, of Naki Wells when the ball struck by Knight. But Knight was growing in confidence. He didn't start off the game very well, but I think playing a sort of flatter three in midfield, he was making runs from deep. And I suppose what you could say the, the good the good things that uh, Williams and James did, if they weren't that creative in terms of opening Hull up, was to you know make tackles in midfield where we could we could pick up the ball. But Knight needs space to run into. He doesn't glide like Scott, but he uh, I think he's a confidence player. He he ran into the centre of the goal, opened his body up, and had a shot. The shot was the shot was blocked. <laughs> One of the many shots that was blocked it came straight back to Wells, and he hit it into the net. But he's just marginally offside so I think it was the right call although it takes bloody ages for them to raise their flags honestly well, that was it. Neil, we were watching, it's, that's that's the problem you know we were watching we were watching the game together Neil uh we there wasn't a great camera angle on the night you know one where you could sort of really see it from behind the goal even or maybe maybe the one I can't remember but you know those give in the Premier League that would be a review wouldn't it yes yeah, um, I think we got a photo during the game last night, Dave, that I shared with you. Um, I think with Mark, Mark's right, I think he's marginally offside. But there can't be anything. I mean, the linesman didn't know, did he? I, th I think it's fair to say the linesman didn't know because he didn't. Because they all looked across. We couldn't see the linesman, obviously, on Bristol City TV. But they all looked across. The linesman hasn't raised his flag. So he's obviously thinking... Not sure, not sure, not sure. Oh, uh, I'll give it. He had, he had, he had. Naki was right in his face, not in the style of a Man United player. But he, he, Naki, you know, was there, and that time delay. I, I was saying to Ian, you know, did, did the referee say that looks offside? And yeah, perhaps it was. <laughs> it was a long delay, wasn't it? Well, he he looked across when he scored. They looked across and he hadn't put his flag up. So then they started celebrating and then he put his flag up. And you can tell that by the reaction of the players. Yeah. So I think he just he didn't put he didn't give he didn't give it his offside, first of all, but then he wanted a few seconds to think about it. And then he gave it. Yeah. And I think that is frustrating, but I think from the photo I've seen, and I think Mark's right, I think he's just slightly offside. Okay. Ian, you put your hand up there. Offside in your book from what you could see? Well, I couldn't see if it was offside or onside, and none of us could. Um, the linesman was in the best position to see it, and he eventually gave it. My concern is why was it eventual? Because there's no reason for keeping your flag down in the championship, and they've all been told to do it, and it's wrong. Now, I, when you've got VAR, and I actually, I got it wrong. I thought we were going to have VAR in the championship this year, but apparently it's next season. But what is the point? If you're going to flag it as offside, get your damn flag up, right? Because there's no point in letting it run through, then putting your flag up. Why? Someone... Yeah. If if it, that's right, because it's a decision. It's offside. And if you have if, to think about put, it... If the linesman puts his flag up, the player is given offside. Unless the referee says to him, ah, did you... Goes over and says, you did see the deflection or the deliberate touch by the, the whole player, did you? 
And he said, oh, no, we didn't see that. Ah, well, in that case, we'll give it was it was on site. They didn't even consult, did they? No, no, they didn't. And they've got all kinds of comms on so they can talk to each other. So there's no real need for the referee to run over and consult the linesman because they can speak to each other and they've got buzzers and God knows, you know, when they're putting all their kit on before the game, they look like blooming Robocop. So I I just find that um, that delay is pointless and and they needs, it needs to stop. Yeah. Okay. Um, because it delay. I mean, it delays the game. The quicker the yeah. flag goes up, yeah. the players can say right, and then the game can go on. So it kills momentum. And of yeah. course, yeah. Uh, it, what what it does, it, it puts frustration into the attack inside, which uh, which into could be counter. Yeah, and it it's count. It could be counterproductive because if you if you you have momentum and then you get that frustration sets it sets in, that could that could affect you as an attacking side. Yeah. Be very counterproductive. Yeah, yeah. spot on. All yeah. right, before we get into the second half, I must comment, um, Mark. You, I'm going to call you Mark Imelda Tuvy because looking on your backdrop, that's one hell of a shoe collection you got there behind you. Yeah. And, uh, well, yeah, I, 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 I obviously don't wear them all. Just the, I mean, uh, just, just the slingbacks. Fine flocked wallpaper that's behind not you. Flock, it's not flocked, Dave. You'll find it's, nothing nothing flocked in in any property I own. All right. Then. <laughs> <laughs> right in into the second half, and we got a couple of early corners and uh, one headed chance. Probably one of the shortest players in our team, uh, Jason Knight, headed one just past uh, the upright. But uh, come to you first, Neil. Your take. On the goal, great for Naki. Well worked. Take us through it. Well worked. I think Knight became a bit more influential start of the second half. I think he was running from deep. I think, uh, as Mark made the point, I think he's not somebody that, from a starting pl- a starting place like Scott, Scott over that first five yards has got the ability to drag a ball back and then go. Very, very quick. Knight is somebody who needs a bit of room to run into. And when you're playing up up behind your front man as as the front at the top of a of a midfield three, he hasn't got that space to run into. I think if you play him slightly deeper and then he's got the run the space to run into, he's a little bit more effective. And he laid it on the plate for Sykes and thankfully, you know, that premise of just hit it low and hard. He didn't overhit it because there were times where we were overhitting balls as well yesterday. And our crossing, as we said, is still... I mean, if you're going to play with two wide men putting crossing in, they have to be decent crosses of the ball, don't they? And they're not. Sure. So there we go. And they haven't been for years, quite frankly. Yeah. But take, the, um, your take on the goal, Ian? Our goal? Yes. Um, well, it, as Neil said... I mean, I think we crossed the ball a lot better last night. I mean, they're, they're one of their the one point about their goal was it it came from Mark Sykes crossing a ball out of play when we were attacking. That was the first our first movement before their goal. Now our goal last night, yeah, good play uh, from Knight driving forward, playing a, playing a nice cushion pass into the path of Sykes because that's another thing that infuriates me when we pass the players either at their feet or slightly behind them, because no coach is ever going to tell you to do that. Um, so gets the ball wide, really good, looks up, early cross, 
early. That's the other thing you've got to do with crosses because defenders hate it when they're running back towards their own goal and the ball's uh, zigged across the box. Nice cross with pace. Naki's curved his run this time. He's got a tap in at the back post. Uh, for his first goal, I think it was, did you say last week that he hadn't scored? I think it was Neil said he hadn't scored in open play in 20 games. Something like that, yeah. 23. 23. His last goal was against Hull in February, wasn't it, from a penalty spot? And one of the guys playing for Hull last night, McLaughlin, I remembered him, and that's the fella that Chris Martin outpaced from the halfway line when we beat him 5-0. Yeah. That's how quick he is. Um, (laughs) So, so if you, I mean, Someone said to me, I was talking to somebody at the city ground, a good, good, smart young fellow. And he said, well, you talk about, you know, we need a nine, but Barcelona played with a guy up front. It was five foot four. I said, yeah, but they didn't kick the ball at him in his head, did they? They no. played it feet and, and they played this tick attack style. Now, if we can play that, yeah, have everybody five foot eight. Uh, it doesn't help much with corners if the other side's whacking them in in the air and you're giving them away. But yeah. I, I'm, I'd be quite happy with a smaller front line. And I think the options we got is, well, we'd have a more of an option if Tommy was fit. You could play Tommy and Naki. That's probably your best two. I would agree. Um, I would agree. But I don't mind playing a, a smaller front line. Um, but... I can remember back in the 70s, Fulham had a dinky little front line. I think it was a guy called Steve Earle that played up front for them. And I just remember you know, a few games at Craven Cottage, you're thinking, and we had people like John Galley up there and things like that. But Earle, I think Viv Busby might have been another one, but they weren't big blokes. They were just nimble and clever with the ball. Um, yeah, Mark, yeah. I mean, we have got our, our forwards are okay, but it depends. If, if you want to play long high balls, then you need somebody who can add them. Yeah. If you're not going to play the high balls and you're going to play cosmic football and get down the sides and through the channels and play through the lines and all that good stuff. Yeah, fine. Have, have, yeah. have smaller players, but that's not how we play. No. And I'm sure that our coaches didn't say before we played Birmingham, look, whatever you do, get the ball forward in the air to Sam today. No, they wouldn't have done. They didn't but... say it. That wasn't the game plan. As, as we always used to say uh, when I was in the military, uh, the first casualty of any battle is the plan. Yeah. So yeah. that's probably what happened. The I, players... don't know what they were doing. I don't know what they were doing last Saturday. Uh, Mark, the, uh, the the goal, great for Naki to get on the score sheet. Shame he didn't do it against Birmingham because I'm sure the outcome would have been different despite the performance. But um, a good finish from him, wasn't it? Yeah. And it's where he makes where he makes those runs. Uh, and now you 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 know you use players like that, and at the moment he's the only he he's the only central fit central experienced striker that we got, and um, the only other player you can play in the middle who's got a bit of presence. But obviously the, his form is is in and out. Is Harry Cornick, and he 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 had a good cameo performance last night at the end of the game, chasing yeah. down defenders. But your best central striker is Naki Wells. Yeah. But if you go back to last season, the first half of last season, we played better with a two, uh, and we scored sixteen goals in those in those uh, first eight games, eight games because yeah. we you know because Conway and uh, and Wells knew when to rotate. 
who ran the channel and who was down the centre. Had, had a great, had a great relationship. And they played yeah. together a lot for the reserves the previous season, hadn't they? So yeah. Well, no what uh, what happened was we we uh, we started to concede a lot of goals, and of course we went back to we went to a four early in the new year after those two draws against Millwall and Coventry. We shifted to a four, but then we had trouble scoring goals. Martin was out of favour; he got shifted out. Uh, Vyman was was in and out, and you didn't have that 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 uh, you didn't have that three or one two. Uh, that we had the previous season, yeah. it, it was just less effective. But mm. with in, in in Wales, you've got somebody who can play uh, in a in a down the centre. You can play in, in wide because he's a clever player. He he knows what he knows where to where to make the runs. So the yeah. other players could learn a, learn a lot from him. But we're desperate for us for a striker. You don't well, need. We're talking about transfers. We're talking yeah. about transfers. Can, can we can we bring anybody in? I, I mean, we're talking well, about a wage ceiling and, and having no money. So who knows? Well, uh, who uh, knows? Uh, I mean, Wells almost got a second about eight minutes later with a little. We had a corner. Uh, better better dead ball kicking from us, I have to say. And Wells dinky little overhead kick was cleared off the line. But as you'd expect, Mark um, Hull came back. James uh, fouled. Seri, what was he, 15 million for Fulham a few years ago? And then uh, Twine with the free kick, found the target, um, Max tipped over. And then Knight um, let Slater through. Connolly came on uh, and brought a good save from uh, Max as well. Uh, Mark, Max's distribution was, uh, and I, put, I thought he put in a performance last night that would make Nigel think it's not a desperate situation to get another goalkeeper before the end of uh, the window. Would you agree with that? Um, <laughs> well, he's he's good enough to be our number one, although some of his distribution sometimes leaves a lot to be desired because he hits the ball either too short or too long. Uh, I don't know if it was him that uh, left left Garner Hickman exposed to get a yellow for his foul on Twine. Um, I think the good thing was he, he didn't, he only had a couple of, he only had one one-on-one -on -one to face last night when Slater put that ball through to Connolly and he came out really well and narrowed the angle. And he he's great it. in a in a one-on-one. So, -on -one. so that's good. And he, and I most of the most of the shots were long range, but we have we got a have we got somebody that we 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 would be confident in if uh, if um, uh, Max gets injured because we don't know about Bajic. He, he was on loan at France last season. Don't know what his form was like. He only played that one game against Lincoln, which wasn't very good. I don't think Wiles Richards played a game in the championship either. No. So, yeah, you worry if if if, and uh, then if Max gets injured. It's really got to be somebody at the end of their career, like Nicky Mempar was, because why is a goalkeeper going to come here and sit on the bench, right? Because they will sit on the bench until yeah. Max drops a rick in a game. Well, we don't want to... Well, yeah, but he's, uh, Max, is, Max is, is number one. He's a deserved number one. He's got improved his distribution. Some of his kicking's poor. He can sort that out. Uh, he needs to be a little bit more dominant in the air, but I think that's getting better. He's getting more confident in catching. You've got to be brave as a goalkeeper in the championship, and he's a little bit slight compared with some keepers. But if you get another keeper, yeah, it's going to be somebody down market because we haven't got any money, have we, to to, to pay wow. them? But like I said, I, well, I'm not confident, and you know. 99% the fans won't be confident that we got somebody uh, to replace Max if there's an injury. And knowing our luck, an injury is always waiting around the corner Just somewhere. The corner. Okay, Neil, um, 75 minutes on the clock. Triple substitution. Wells, Bell and Tanner going off. Vyman, Cornick and Gardner coming on. 
a degree of predictability about that. But no sooner had they been on than uh, no sooner had they been on than uh, Andy Vyman gets uh, injured. So what was the uh, what was the um, situation there? Well, I think he pushed off on his heel and it went straight away, which is a little bit bizarre, isn't it? When you consider that he played sixty minutes in a week, I'd I'd understand if it was twenty. 20 minutes into the intensity of um, championship football rather than the other 21s. But um, literally a minute, wouldn't it? Literally a minute. So I think um, you can see that there's probably going to be some form of operation there or something, isn't there? I mean, if you've done the rehab and they've done the rehab two or three times and now... He's broken down a minute after that. They're not going to do the rehab and actually again. They're going to send him away. They're going to do proper investigation. That's a number of weeks, if not a month or two, I would say, with regards to Vyman. Yeah. So he's not, out of the equation. We're not going to see him then. For we're not going to see him uh, for. Well, as he no, I, I, I think if I think if you're talking about the strength and conditioning coaches and the physios. They would have put Vyman on the bench last night because he'd done 60 minutes in the under-21s. To see him break down the way he did, not under a challenge, no, not just... under anything that he'd done. He's just pushed off on that hill and it's gone. And then you're like, well, obviously, there is something more fundamental going on here than we can actually resolve as a strength and conditioning team. So, yeah, I, I can see... One of those like Matty James minor operations out for two months type situations with Wyman, unfortunately. Yeah. What do you think, uh, Ian? I mean, the triple substitution. It was, it was tight. It was quite late in the game for Nigel to do a triple sub, and then uh, you know you, you're looking for the legs of uh, Wyman to come on, but clearly something not right. You know, did they push him too much in midweek, or was he an accident <clears throat> waiting to happen, Ian? Well, I mean, at least they gave him a game in midweek because in the past, players have been brought straight back. Whereas yeah, years yeah. ago, you, you'd nearly always have a, at least one game for what was then called the reserves. Um, and in the under-21s, you're allowed to play, <clears throat> oh, I think it's one, uh, two or three overage players. Overage, yeah. So uh, they gave it. He, he did, I think, he, I, I don't know if he did 60 minutes. I think he might have come off at half time because we were 4-0 down. Um but he's not, um, there's something, well, something's not right. You don't need to be, um, you know, uh, Quincy MD to work that out. But something's something's not quite right, is it? Um, and this is the, the point I, I when I link it to signings, because if we had a fully fit squad, and if you look at the players that are injured, Atkinson would be in the side, McCrory would be in the side. Otherwise, what was the point of signing him? Yeah. Um Eamon possibly not. Um and uh if you look at the other other injured players, who else have we got out? We've Conway. Got Conway, he'd Conway. be outside. So these yeah, are well, look, look, there's look, Atkinson, these, the, Conway and McCrory, they would all be starters. And you drop those three, and I know it's not an eleven man game anymore, it's starters and finishers and all No, that. but you take three players out of any team. And it will have an effect, particularly as, you know, you've got two of them out there. They're, they're, I know McCrory can play in midfield, but they're pretty much defenders. And you take them out of your starting lineup 
and it affects it. The other thing is you haven't got them on the bench either to come on and affect the game. No. Now, this is why I'm saying we're we it's a struggle. It's all very well having a small squad if if the vast majority, if they can all stay fit, uh, and that'll never happen. So I'm resigned to the fact that we're always going to have between four and six players out right. injured for whatever. Yeah, just to pick issue up with you there, you said take any three players out of the team. I'm sorry, but if Tanner, if Tanner, um, Williams and Bell were injured right now, and those, three, you know, if you said you take three players, yeah, out, but I said before, Dave, they'd be key. They're key players in they're, in a, they're our, they're our best in starting, starting lineup. Whereas the none other, of those other ones are what what I no, call. So it's the wrong. Keep their, their key players, no. Absolutely. Well, McCrory was brought in by Pearson to replace Tanner because yeah. when he was asked, oh, McCrory played four different positions last season for Aberdeen. Where do you see him best? He said right back. So um, the, the, the signing of the players, I mean, those five are out for a considerable period of time. Yeah. Right. Let's what, say indefinite. Chris, it's indefinite, isn't it? Well, let's let's well, not all of them. I think Conway's not indefinite. But last time he was out, he missed fifteen games. So you've got five players out for a long time. That's before anybody else gets a knock, or gets suspended, or anything like that. So I don't see how our squad is strong enough to cope with that, particularly. No. If we have a cup run as well, yeah. Well, we're coming to the game three, game. three games a week. So, so, but yeah, very disappointing about Andy Vyman because he, we know, has got goals in him. Yes, he has. Yes, he has. Mark, just let's wrap the game up. Um, I say the substitution sort of created a little bit of unsettlement in the team. Ian had alluded earlier to the fact that Zach Viner, his distribution was poor against Birmingham, and late on in the game, twice he. Uh, Gave the ball away. Uh, Estupian uh, in one situation brought a save from Max, and then Estupian uh, South Connolly another good save from Max. We talked about Max, but uh, we almost got a winner, didn't we, Mark? On the well, two chances really. Cornick, uh, Ian said he made a good cameo appearance, but uh, he was unfortunate as uh, as um, who was doing the analysis. Tommy was doing the analysis. If he'd have lifted it a bit higher, that would have been a, a well worked goal because he showed a lot of determination to get right to the byline, didn't he, Mark? Yeah, and he ran. Uh, he, he he ran uh, from inside our half, cut in from from the left. And what he really wanted was an option behind the penalty spot because everybody's uh, in a line across the goal. It's a very difficult angle, and the keeper makes a save. I think we got a player on the right hand post. He really wants an option to play the ball back with his left foot onto the spot, so somebody can take a shot from the from the centre. So he's all, it, it, we're, and we aren't able to follow it up. But he, yeah, it was a very good cameo role. He was a real pest chasing down defenders, and then of course he won. He won some throw-ins. We had two or three free throw-ins that where we could have we could have snatched something, and we'll then we'll come back. You know, we then we got the corner that led to uh, you know Taylor Gar and Hickman almost getting a chance right on the you know ninety-seven minutes. All three of them as well. So yeah, so it, it was a very yeah all three of them, like Forbes, Phillips, and Masters. They're on show me age. So we finished the game really strongly. It was a great open game of football that City should have won. Nineteen shots on goal, but lots of touches in in their area. A good amount of tackles, but we you know 
it's it's the finishing that's uh, that we, we we got to improve. Yeah. That's that's the biggest takeaway from this and the other three games. We aren't yeah. going to get as much space to play in as we did against Hull because they play play an open game, and that was to our benefit. In transition, it's going to be end to end, but the good work. You've got to do it at this level. The players, I mean, I, I know it's difficult to score. I think it's been in the chat, but you've got to put those chances away. You have to yeah. put those chances away when you're on top. And we were on top more than Hull, I think. All right. Ian's just asked me in private chat if there's a way one can answer the queries. <laughs> and uh, the, the, the chat is coming up. And Dave's been very active on uh, here. I think Dave's been, Dave's been very active. Uh, Very, in, yeah, I, I, yeah. <laughs> it's what yeah, man Dave, show. Dave's, Dave's written war and peace. Ian, can we respond to the chat? Yes, I can. I only just realised that it's appearing as a bar down the right hand side, but I couldn't talk and chat at the it's same It's always time. it's always past the bar with City, isn't it? It is. Yeah, we're over the bar. Uh, Dave, Dave, Dave is actually coming on the podcast on the Wednesday, so I'm going to put a little. Hang on, let me just do this here. Look, you see, you've got all this. Funny stuff. Look, if you watch along the bottom of your screen, everybody that's listening, it should start coming. Here we go. Add and show. There we go. Watch the bottom of the screen. There we go. Look. It's almost Wonderful. like being on Sky, isn't it? Jeff, British City versus Norwich, sponsored by Potier's Pretzels. Never tried no, them. I don't know like? about that. No, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, we need it. Look, if anybody wants to sponsor the podcast, they're more than welcome. Yeah, and uh, they don't have to be cash. It can be a restaurant. I like eating out in Bristol. So if there's any restaurateurs living and uh, they want to entertain us, uh, there's a value, of course. Yes, you're not going to turn up with a coach load one day and expect 40 people to be fed for free. But uh, anyway, um, so Tuesday night, it is Tuesday, isn't it? Yes, it's Carabao Cup time against Norwich City. Ian, uh, it'd be nice to uh, get into the next round, wouldn't it? Yes, it's never a bad thing to win games of football, apart from the fact that it does create more games to play. But I suppose in the latter stages, it's decent for the club financially if we get another Man City game. Uh, in this game, I'd like to see some of the youngsters start, uh, the two main ones being uh, Arroyo and Yeboah. I'd like to see them start the game. I'm not saying put everyone in. Uh, the point... Mark made earlier on about the keeper. Yes, it would be nice to see either Stefan or Harvey okay. start the game in place of Max just to see what they can do. Um, I don't think Nigel Pearson will do that for a minute, uh, but it, it would be great to see it. You know, you might get one of them in. I mean, for example, Dickie didn't play against Hull, so he could shift across to the right and Yeboah up. Arroyo could play next to him at left centre-back. And, yeah. and we can see if he is indeed good enough to make that step up. I mean, he looked good in pre-season, but let's be honest, some of the teams we played were full of nits. So, and it's quite easy to look good against them. So let, let's let see him in a, in a game. He's an opposition because you couldn't judge him against uh no he's, i mean but then again he, he came on for a corner i think he hit the bar i'm right in saying he hit the bar against uh portsmouth away um so he's a big lad he's strong he's left-sided um well let, let's see i mean he's on he's on the bench and if we've 
we maintain this small squad and we don't sign players, he will have to come in and play if we get injuries. Yeah, yeah. no, he will. Um, Neil, do you think uh, we've talked about Sam Bell and being a little bit off of late, um, worthy of being in the 18 or the 20 as it is now? Do you think Tuesday might be an opportunity to try uh, a Pring-Roberts combination on that left side, yeah, and even rotate them, you know, Roberts in front? Well, if it was tried, would you have Roberts with Pring in front? You wouldn't have it the other way around, would you, Neil? You first on that one. Yeah, the uh, the Oxford game was quite interesting when he saw uh, Roberts. Obviously, very good game. Obviously, very different game on Tuesday, Dave, because we're playing Norwich at the end of the day. We're not playing another Oxford uh, a team from League One who only stayed up on the last day of last season. So I was surprised that we didn't perhaps give a few more changes for that Oxford game. But I think it came so early in the season that they um, he wanted minutes in the players to a certain degree. But the um, I think the Norwich game is an interesting one because you don't want to go out there and get beat 3-4-0 by doing a weakened side against a Norwich side that will probably, probably go quite strong themselves, actually. They've got a bit of depth to their squad. So I think um, yeah. I think he'll probably go with the squad that he played against Oxford. OK. Mark, your thoughts on that? Yeah. Um... Yeah, I think there's, I think there should be some some changes, and been, I think it'd be nice to see uh, to see Badgett or or Wiles Richards between the sticks. But I don't think he won't. I don't think he will. Uh, I think Dickie will come back just to get some game time because obviously he missed he missed uh, last night through suspension. I think it would be good to see Yaboa get get some get some minutes. But I. <laughs> I mean, it's, the thing is, unless you get through to the later stages, the Carabao Cup's not going to generate a lot of money, mm. um, you know, unless you have a long run, you know, into the quarter semi-finals and when, you, when you're going to draw a big team. So although, um, obviously, um, you, know, winning, you know, winning football games isn't a bad thing, I think we need to change a few of the players because we've got a small squad. I think you've got to protect the players because the next game's the big one, isn't it, against Swansea uh, on the Saturday. So well, I'd like to see Yeboah, I'd like to see Arroyo, um, even maybe uh, Harry Leeson it, it it right back. Well, Harry's why not? Why not? What have we? Harry's what is there? Even... To, what is there? To, what is there to lose? Well, the game. But Harry's not even got a squad number yet, which I know is rectifiable. But well, well, I'll go out. Give us some cash. I'll go out and get get one, and we can, well, we can get it ironed on. on. Let's move on. I mean, <laughs> by the time we get to the Swansea game, the transfer window would have been shut, and you next year, you can. With, with, you can ask your other. What was it? You just put your thumb up in. Did you want to comment? On no, what? I, was, I was agreeing with. I was agreing with Mark. Agreeing with Mark. Can I, can I so, just ask a question of the group? TGH, did he play for West Brom in the first round? Yeah, yeah, yes, I believe he did. So, yeah, right. uh, Pearson right. said it last night. Right. When does the window shut? Is it Friday night? Yeah, 11 p.m. Friday 11 the first. PM on the first of September. Okay, yeah. so we'll know what we've got by the time we kick off Saturday lunchtime against Swansea. Now. All this business about we've got a wages budget, right, is now being used as an excuse not to spend, not to spend the Scott money. And there was lots of talk um, on various media of late that lands that well, it words out of Steve Lansdowne's mouth. It's nice to have a little nest egg. Well, that nest egg of thirty-five million, not cash, but it's still come into the PL, right, for Semenyo. If and let's let's in, let's talk wages and fees, but. 
Ian, you'll correct me if I'm wrong here, wages and fees on the players that we've brought in to date, probably wages and fees. Well, no, because we've lost players. So let's look at fees. We've probably spent about five million quid on what we've brought in so far. Would you agree with that, Ian? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, if I was Nigel, now Nigel doesn't like loans, right? But we could, and if, it, if he was a manager that did like loans, and we've seen other clubs in this division playing the loan market, particularly over the last week or so, going out and getting some decent players. We could, Nigel could say, give me one and a half million quid, right? To spend on wages on loan players, which would be 30 grand a week for a year. It's not even a year, it's to the end of the season. So give me a million quid, right? And go out and get some loan players. And they might be part funded by the club that is getting rid of them, right? But is that a good idea, Ian, first thing? And is he likely to do it? And I think I know what the answer, I hope it's yes and no, but your thoughts on what I've just said. Loans and activity. Well, there's two things. Would he like to do it? I expect he would. No manager wouldn't. Will he be allowed to do it? No, because Steve Lansdowne has decided that the budget is what the budget is and this is the part that City fans are going to get annoyed about. Um, he's going to get annoyed. They're going to get annoyed because we were told we don't need to sell Scott to comply with financial fair play. Then the message seems to be, OK, I know we've sold Scott, but we now don't have any more money. We were going to go out and spend, we were going to spend a million on George Thomason at Bolton, who's a left-sided attacking central midfield player. Who's no better than what we've got, to be well, fair. Hang on, Dave, you don't you haven't seen a kid play, you don't know that. We've well, got in the Bolton team as a starter. Well, yeah, but they might have three brilliant midfield players that we've never heard of. So but they Brian Tinian saw nothing in him to offer a million quid for him. All right, 22 yeah. years old. He didn't want to come. The lad from West Brom is right-sided, can play right back or in midfield. Uh, Carlos Corbran couldn't, or a lot of managers, couldn't quite decide what his best position is. But he's six foot two, not known to be great in the air, but is supposed to be a really good passer of the ball. Um, and, he can, and he can strike the ball and he likes to tackle, which are all positives for me. And he's young and he wants to be here. Brilliant. So will it, and we've got 1.3 million committed as a, as an option next season. Now we don't need to take that option, yeah. uh, but I think Pearson said we 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 already will. All right, fine, we do that. So that money is going to be in next year's, possibly next year's accounts. I think when did our account when of our accounts end? They haven't come out again, have they? No, the accounts normally it's around made, November, isn't it? That they the accounts for May December. The accounts for May 23 will probably be in the public domain by the end of November, as you've just said, Mark. Anyway, carry on. Yeah. So, so there is money available. Um, it wouldn't affect our position. Let's, look, if we go out and spend 15 million quid, yeah. But there is money available to bring in a couple of quality loans or a couple of, of quality sign-ins. Right. That, that money's available. I don't... I, yeah. Um, so Dave Febbs has just said on the chat on here, it's June. Yes, I know. I can see the chat now. Dave, if you're listening, sorry, I haven't been able to see the chat until a moment. We've, we, we've, ex we've extended our 
the financial, financial year. year. But so we're in a position where we can strengthen. Okay. Yeah. Steve Lansdowne, because it's his decision, it's nobody else's. It's certainly not Nigel Pearson's because I've never even heard of a manager who said, no, 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 please, I don't want any more players. Um, I, he, Steve Lansdowne, has chosen that that money stays in the bank for a rainy day. Yeah, okay. And I don't day. think he's even considered the fact that by not strengthening, we could find ourselves in trouble, get sucked down into a relegation battle and go down. And that will cost us, at a conservative estimate, somewhere between 12 and 13 million pounds a year. Yeah. And that is what, frankly, it scares me. It yeah. absolutely scares me. OK, Neil, what's your what's your take on that? I mean, there was a lot of chat about the relationship between uh, uh, between uh, Pearson and uh, and Mr. Lansdowne. Um, Dave is quite rightly put. We have gone into the loan market. We we got Taylor Gardner Hickman, but in reality, I think that's more a reflection of the fact that McCrory is going to be out for forever, you know, for a very long time. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are saying a season. I, I yeah. don't know if that's that's what's rumoured. Yeah. Right. What um, uh, do, do you think there'll be any activity, Neil, between now and Friday midnight? Well, I. I think a uh, simple answer to your question is um, if Viner goes or you get an offer for Viner, then I think he'll bring someone in to replace Viner. Right. Uh, because I think that will necessitate it then at that point. Other than that, Pring's just signed a new contract. Tommy's injured, so they're not going anywhere. And uh, I think uh, the basic fact is We've reduced down the wage budget, Dave, to a certain level. And Lansdowne has said we need to continue on our path at a certain wage level, regardless of the fact that we've had this transfer money in. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I suppose it's kind of prudent to a certain degree, isn't it? It's yeah. kind of like if you have a household expenditure and you're spending beyond your means and you reduce it all the way down and then you get a pay rise. And then you go out and you take on extra debt, which pushes you back over again. So but this, I get I get there's a certain amount of prudency. The issue I would have with it is that before the start of the season, Land, uh, Nigel said there's a plan A and a plan B. Very well, distinct. Tillian said at Senior and, Red, plan A with Scott, yeah. plan B without Scott. And it looks and, like... And now, Nigel, and now Nigel's come back and said, well, actually, plan B seems to have morphed into plan A. And you're like, right, OK. So I thought the goalposts have changed a little bit in regards to people's decision making or, or communication. But the situation has changed from two months ago. Yeah. Why it has changed um, is a moot point. Uh He's not saying, you know, Landstand's not saying he he won't make funds available at some point. He uses he uses words like nest egg and it's a useful amount of money to have there if we almost if we need it. And you're kind of thinking that Pearson's actually saying to him, Well, we do need it. So 
well, they're, kind, they're kind of at loggerheads a little bit, and the commun- and then you've got your favourite man, Phil, Phil the Deal, um, who isn't coming out with anything at all. And, and well, I can't help get the feeling that if if Richard Gould was still around, we would have heard from Gould by now. Actually, of communication from the club that's not rather than the bits and dribbles that come out. Mark, you wanted to say something there. Go on. Yeah, I mean, managers will always want to get new, get more players in, and the chair and the, the chairman owners saying, "Well, you know, it's my money, my my money." So there is always going to be friction. Where there becomes a problem is if the manager goes public and complains too much, then the owner says, "Well, obviously he's gone too far. I'm likely to sh- to show him the door, or, or you know, in, in, with, with with and get have, have a potential cultural situation." So managers have always got to be guarded about what they say, but no no doubt. We need a plan C because we had a plan A with with Scott, plan B without Scott. We need a plan C because either of those two, were, were, the, well, the the injuries, losing losing Vyman for months. Con- Vyman was our top scorer two seasons ago. Conway top scorer last season, and McCrory. I mean the poor guy, bless him. We just got to hope that he's going to be okay long term because if he's illness, we don't know how that's going to affect his life. If beyond football, we just don't know because there's going to be no communication. So if we we if we got obviously there is wriggle room to spend money. We got long. We got injuries. We've only got one central striker. Money has to be made available. We got a great deal with um, Taylor Garner Hitman. So yeah. last week I was in despair because I don't know where we were going to get a player from. We got an experienced Championship. Central uh, central midfielder come right back who's going to have great resale value if he's, he improves. He's 21 years old. He's got great attributes. That's manna from heaven as far as I'm concerned. If it works well, this could work yeah. very well for, from us. But so really we got, but then it, it becomes, you know, we, we, those players would be well, identified. It's whether, the, it's whether the club is prepared to release them because it's it's like a game of cards, isn't it? With yeah. Even if Lansdowne if, says, will clubs be prepared to release? But getting a player at this level, championship level, is, is brilliant business. I think that's what we got to try and do yeah. or, or Premier League Academy players. Mark, would you agree with me that if, Taylor Gardner Hickman had been signed in the summer, yeah, as part of that group of four. Everybody would have said, What a great signing that is, rather than everybody was in despair and it's, Oh, look, we've picked up a player from West Brom. Now, here's one. No, no, it doesn't work like that because his manager, his manager wanted to see where, where, where he fitted into the team. Yeah. Corbrand's played him. He's played him this season. He's he played seventy-eight minutes before before uh, he came on last night. So he's had yeah. plenty of time to, for Corbrand to decide. I'm not quite sure about him. I think it's best for a club who are in a lot of financial difficulty. Uh, you know, B- Birmingham Live really talked really talked up Taylor Garner Hickman. Uh, he's one of their own. He's a player who's come through from, from a young age group. Uh, who's who's a, a one club club man, but he's he's you know somebody that I you know want to want to have fighting for you. So it's unfortunate the fans are going to miss that going to miss that player. It's good it's good business, but yeah. he wouldn't have been signed in the summer, Dave, because Corbyn hadn't oh, made yeah, up his I'm mind. Just saying, I was hypothetical. Yeah, it doesn't. It's just one of those things, isn't it? Old fringe of the first team player yeah. in the championship. Yeah, club. Ian, you put your hand up. Yeah, what were you? Yeah. Saying? The, our, our transfer dealings, I was absolutely relaxed and okay about our transfer dealings prior to the sale of Alex Scott. Remembering that 
from the information he had, Pearson was expecting Scott to be back to play against Millwall. And Scott is not going to kick a ball for another probably six weeks. So our transfer dealings was okay up to the point we sold Alex Scott. Now, when we sold Alex Scott, I thought, right, well, we'll need to replace him and it will give us the money to pay some wages to bring in some quality loan players and other clubs are getting them. And it's not clubs with the parachute money that are getting them all. You know, Preston have got players, Hull have got players. So there are players out there that you can get. Um, and that's literally Brian Tinian and it, or it's one of Brian Tinian's jobs with his team. And they have to convince Stephen Lansdowne that we need the replacements with the injuries we've got. If everybody was fit, I, I wouldn't think it was a great risk. But every, everybody is not going to be fit. And it's not yeah. realistic for us after what we've seen in the last three to five years to expect everyone to stay fit. It's no. not going to happen. No. So All right. you, you have to have a slightly... Not, not, I don't, I don't like 40 players. I don't like doing a Chelsea. I haven't said that, even they're flogging a few this year. I'm talking about having probably a couple more players, and, and, and my money would be on a quality centre back and a, 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 a good centre forward who's different from the ones that we've got. Okay, I'm going to ask, let me come on to Neil, and then we need to, uh, need to wrap up. Neil, um, this centre forward thing, um, I noticed on one of the feeds yesterday. Peterborough, is it Johnson Clark Harris? Yeah. Yeah. Championship clubs in line for him. Swansea have sold Pirro, which is good because we're playing. Uh, yeah, he's got the Leeds mark. Yeah. I think I'm right in saying that. But uh, well, Johnson they, I know they were, wait a minute, I know they were, were trying to negotiate with them and they were trying to buy their, their best centre back, Woods, who said he wants to go. But I, I, I'll line, stand corrected. I'll stand corrected. I, I saw a line yesterday that said that. Leads are in advanced talks with a guy from Genk, um, which is Belgium, I think. Um, so I don't know if Piro's right. gone. Well, Piro's Pir right. gone to Piro's gone to Leeds. He's definitely for ten million. Yeah, yeah. Clark, is it Johnson okay. Clark Harris? Tony yeah, Clark. but they're they're on about like Charlton and uh, D Mac has come out and he's kind of named the three teams, hasn't he? Um, in the way that he does and tries to get he said Charlton, Bristol Rovers and there was another one, maybe it was Blackburn or something like that potentially, I can't quite remember the third one but ultimately we're one, we're one injury away aren't we when the Birmingham game when there was the error on the Twitter on the tweet, wasn't it? Well, you can't call it tweet now. On the X, whatever we call it now. <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, and Wales wasn't there. And I was, and I was in the car and Gary Hours and everybody else was like going, oh, Christ, we're in a bit of problems here, aren't we? That's how close we are to having a real problem up front. Yeah. We are a yeah. Naki Wales calf strain, a Naki Wales whatever. And then you're on about playing Cornick down the centre because I don't think Bell will be down the centre again anytime soon. No. So then you're then you're really struggling. And in a championship, you know. So would I like us to get another forward? I would. 
do I think it's likely? Well, it would require Lansdowne to actually go back on what he said two weeks ago. Yeah. And what's and what's changed? Okay, guys. Realistically, maybe maybe the maybe the vitamin injuries. Maybe the vitamin injury. Maybe the vitamin injuries changed the dynamic. Yeah. Vitamins out now. Yeah. You you've got to look at that. If you look at our side, Mark made a very good point earlier on. We scored three goals in four games. Right. And you know, with great respect to everybody, I don't think we've got the we haven't got a bad defence. But it's it's not one of those, you know, you, we're not going to be singing one nil to the boys in red every week because we're winning. So we we definitely need that strengthening. And, and Pearson, Phil Alexander, Brian Tinian have, have, have got to convince Stephen Lansdowne that because you, you can have a budget. I mean, it's, it's a little bit like in, in the construction industry, you start off a year and you've got a budget. And you, you budget your turnover, let's say you budget it being 100 million. And all of a sudden, and this has happened to me, you pick up a pick up a job worth 112 million on its own for 18 months. Now, we had all our budgets, but I had to go back, back to the FD and, and the board and sit down and say, look, if we take on this job, I'm going to need to spend about 15, 16 million quid yeah. on temporary accommodation, vans, plant, cars, blah, 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 all the rest of it. So what you're saying is it blows the budget out of the water. And that's what well, should... the, the budget itself doesn't change. But what will change is the amount of money you then turn over. Yeah. So you then say, well, uh, we were budgeted to do 100 million. But now, yeah. guess what? We've done 200 million. Yeah. Uh, but... All the other costs, providing all the other costs go up in line, you'll make uh, a greater amount of profit. So that's how it works. You you don't just say, "All oh, right, we'll change all the budgets then," because you'll be changing them every. No, every I mean, this is this is this is not massively complex at Bristol City because we've had no. It's not. It's a small business. It's, it's two lines. Million. It's two lines in your cap. I mean, the interesting thing will be, and wouldn't we love to be in this situation that come. The opening of the January transfer window, right? The opening of the January transfer window. If we're five points off the playoffs, right? Five points off the playoffs when the January transfer window opens, right? And you know we've still well Conway would be back by then. But if we're five points off the transfer playoffs, uh, the, sorry, transfer playoffs, the, the the playoff positions, five points over there, would Lansdowne back? spending in the market then because it's still under the constraints nothing's changed but would we go for it would he show the support in nigel pearson in four months time when the window opens again and that i'd love us to be in that situation in january where we're five points away in what are you going to say in, on that? in you'd have to ask the question if if he would do that why isn't he going to do it now because the, the situation we're in, it's very early in the season. There's only four games gone. Uh, because in it, his mind, Ian, sorry, because in his mind, he thinks that we've got a better squad than Luton have got. He said that. Yeah, but he... We should be performing he, better. Well, if, if he thinks we had a, a better squad than Luton last season, he's, he's entitled to his opinion. Um, but Luton made the playoffs and got promoted. We didn't. And that kind of tells you something. 
Yeah. Um, I, th I think the Luton analogy, sorry, and the Luton analogy is bizarre one because obviously the previous season they were in the playoffs. Yeah, so they built, yeah, up, they they, built, they built up some momentum. They had yeah. a style. They had a style of. They had a style of play, even with a change of manager. Uh, that that I think that helped them because they they started off the season the, the season slowly uh, mm. under Nathan Jones, and then they were fortunate to get Rob Edwards. Thank and you, what Rudy probably long. said. But I think we going back to what mm. Ian said. We need that central defender because it was easy, much easier to play last night where Hull played the ball on the ground. The difficulty because it's going to be where if you get like remember last season against Sunderland where you get a Ross Stewart and a Sims combination, you get big physical centre forwards who push up against your centre backs, and then players like Naismith get caught under the ball. Yeah. That's that's that therein lies the, lies the problem. Well, I, Not I, when I, you've got I, players in front of you trying to play I, through I, I, you. I, I, Naismith in midfield and, and yeah. to improve our our home form particularly we might have to gamble in, and play one holding midfield player in other words play Matty James or or Naismith as a pivot and mm. so we can play two strikers it, but it's, one, it, it, Ian it's interesting because you can have James Naismith and Knight you could have Roberts at right back and then Pring wide on the left leave Sam Rob, hang on Roberts at right back Sorry, Roberts at left back. Yeah, you just yeah. you just put that extra man in midfield. Yeah, but our our problems not at home. Our problems not possession. No. We have enough of the ball to sink a battleship. It's yeah. it's doing oh. something with it. Well, so and, and moving the you know so that's a little bit. Uh, it's not exactly like moving the deck chairs on the Titanic, but it, no, it, it is. It's not going to make that much of it. it right. I want us to wrap well, up now, boys. We're going to well, when we beat West Brom today, in Birmingham, we played a four. We're going to end the podcast today. By all right, go on. All doing the uh, um, what was his name? The, the defender the, 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 for the thrower. Come on, everybody. Magnuson. There we go. We all used to do that. Yeah, boy, Dave. You spoil sports. I don't know. Yeah. There we go. Anybody, anyway. Boy, mate. Hope everything goes well. Anyway, everybody, thanks for listening today or whenever you're listening to it. We'll be back on... Do you remember... Uh, anybody remember Sesame Street? Oh, one, yeah, of these up, not, one of these kids is not like the other. I oh, think no, that was... Well, well, we started off with all the magazines and we're on Sesame Street. Yeah, fine. Dear Have a good, mate. Have a weekend, everybody, and a good weekend. Yeah. Work. And you, brother. Go okay. here's, to our, here's, to our here's, to, here's to our transfer business next week. <laughs> I'm trying to really stop this. Have a good weekend. Yeah. Take bye. care. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. <laughs> along. Along. There'll be no more sobbing when he starts throbbing his old sweet song. Oh, wake up. Wake up, you sleepyhead. Get up. Get up. Get out of bed. Cheer up. Cheer up. The sun is red. Live. Love. Laugh and be happy. What if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers. Rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When Rudrud Robbins out, ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-
Get up, get out of bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red. Live, love, laugh and be happy, what if I've been blue? Now I'm walking through fields of flowers, rain may glisten, but still I listen for hours and hours. I'm just a kid again, doing what I did again, singing a song. When the red, red rum is out, bob, bob, bobbing along. It's the 90th minute. All your mates around. You've got your McNugget share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping and you still the last nugget snatching all three points. Perfect. All the McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in? Our participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and time supply. See mcdonalds.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.